0: Welcome to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so excited that you've joined us today. We're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-877-363-8463. Pope Francis says evangelizing isn't necessarily the biblical model of preaching. Interesting statement coming from what many believe to be the religious leader of the world. What's interesting, Doug, is that his speeches are sounding a whole lot more like what Klaus Schwab and the WEF might say or what the United Nations might say. And so today we're going to talk about why the Pope doesn't think your church needs to convert anyone else regardless of what their belief is. Now, can he really believe that? Or at least he's saying that, right?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he is uh, the representation of well, as far as Catholics believe, he's the representation of Jesus Christ on Earth. He's yes. the vicar of Christ, so he's like the uh, spokesperson for for Jesus there. And so, uh, I if he's following the teachings of the Bible, then I don't see how he can believe what he's saying because he's going against directly against what Scripture says. But he is saying it, yeah. So if you're a Buddhist, according to the Pope, you're good yeah- according to the Pope, what he's saying is uh you have a right to your own faith and your own religion, but so does everybody else, and so you don't need to try to proselytize, which is converting somebody you know to to Jesus Christ, so he's saying that's not necessary uh which goes along right with bible prophecy, so we know this and and so that's one reason. One of the many reasons why we believe what we believe about Revelation chapter 13, when we tell people that the second beast that's represented there, that looks like a lamb but speaks as a dragon, that we believe that will be whoever holds the office of Pope. We're not saying that Pope Francis is the false prophet, but we're saying whoever holds that office at the time the Antichrist is revealed, that person will more than likely be the false prophet. Not more than likely... I mean, I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> he will be the false prophet based on what we understand from Scripture in Revelation 13, Revelation 17, 18.
0: So how about if you're a Muslim?
1: According to the Pope, mm-hmm. you're okay. Yeah, he's he, uh, the Catholic Church, not necessarily Pope Francis, he has, uh, I guess, echoed this. But um, the Catholic Church has said for quite a while now that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. Uh, that we all worship the God of Abraham. Uh, And so, therefore, he says we worship the same God. But, uh, you know, if you ask a Muslim, Vince, who Jesus is, was Jesus God in the flesh, uh, they'll say Jesus was a prophet. They believe he was a prophet. Well, they must believe that he's a false prophet because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, if they believe that Jesus was a prophet only, then he must be a false prophet. So, I'm, so, so with Muhammad, today. Muhammad
0: um, marrying a thirteen-year-old, mm. yeah, this is something that he doesn't need to be
1: redeemed of. Not according this belief system. Not according to. Uh, this belief system, yeah, not according to this a uh, one world religious doctrine that they 're pushing yeah there 's nothing that they I mean they can go on right with what they 're doing, it, except for maybe there 's some things in these little bylaws they 're talking about because I did notice that one of them that they 're talking about in this article is um, you know women 's rights and and that 's something that may not set well with a lot of Muslim nations. Uh, because you know, in most Muslim nations, women do not have rights. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how all this plays out, Vince. But um, there is a uh, there's a doctrine that's been uh, made between these religious uh, interfaithism uh, religious leaders, and they have submitted this document to the UN, and the UN has accepted it as their their faith doctrine. So. It's an it's a interesting article that we're going to share today. And I think uh, by the end of this, I hope that people see how it's lining up perfectly with what Bible Scripture tells us about prophecy. Well,
0: it's becoming more and more obvious how the true believers in the end time are going to be standing out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. Because if the Pope is getting up saying this kind of stuff... Mm-hmm. And Catholics all around the world believe that he is the representation of Jesus here on earth. And essentially his word is higher than... I mean, I I personally am connected to Catholics Mm -hmm. that have said, because the Pope said it, it has higher authority than the Bible. Now, I have no clue how most Catholics believe Mm -hmm. Or if that's a doctrine that's taught by the Catholic Church, I do not know. But if the Pope is saying this, Mm -hmm. and then there are people like you and I that are saying, hey, this doesn't align with what the Bible says, so we don't need to
1: follow it. Well, people like us are going to stand out. Absolutely. And and Scripture tells us that there's going to be people like us standing out. And it also tells us... Uh, that it's it's not going to be so great for folks like us in, in that time of tribulation. That there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be some things that are going to happen. The Bible specifically says that war will be made with the saints of God. So I think as we get closer, what's it
0: talking about there though? Like war with the saints of God? Mm-hmm. How? What is that?
1: What's the context of that scripture? Well, the Antichrist is going to make war against the saints. So the people who believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and their Savior, those are the people that um, the Antichrist will be coming after. People that will not uh, be subject to to bend to their will to this world religious system. Uh, the, The two witnesses will be preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ when they're here. That will be polar opposite of what the one world Order and the one world religious system is is preaching. So, so the
0: Antichrist makes war against the saints. Yeah. The Antichrist is partnered with the false prophet. Yes. So anyone that believes in this system and lives it out, which is what I believe that's really how you express what you believe is how are you living, mm-hmm. they aren't the saints of God.
1: Right. The people that adhere to this one world religious system. They won't be following what Scripture tells us to follow. They won't well, they—they,
0: they, I mean, if they're making war against the saints, mm-hmm. that would have to mean that they're not the saints, right? That's a big statement. It's a huge statement. So what? people like us are going to stick out <laughs> like a sore thumb like a when sore we thumb. start proclaiming that if you're not in alignment, or if you are in alignment with that, then you can't be in alignment with this, which is the true kingdom of God, right? Uh-oh, it's going to be one of those Mondays, y'all. <laughs> Uh, We're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Your church, the Pope, and world government. That's what we're talking about today.
2: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com/future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463.
3: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started In Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided.
2: Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877 877- Three six three eight four six three. Dave and several other team members of ours are in Israel um, on a tour with many of our listeners, and so uh, Dave will be out this week and next week. And so you'll be seeing a lot more of Doug and I uh, during these last couple, uh, during these next couple of weeks. Uh, Dave will be doing a show from Israel later this week, so stay tuned for that. You certainly don't want to miss it. Um, also, he is going live on Facebook randomly. So, if you're not following us on Facebook, the only way to get some um, kind of behind the scenes, behind the scenes footage of the Israel tour is by going to our Facebook page, where he will go live from his cell phone, and um, you know you'll get to see some pretty cool stuff. He was shooting earlier from the uh, Mount of Olives, I believe it was, and um, so yeah, go to in, uh, go to facebookcom slash uh or, or look us up there, entimee, E-N-D-T-I-M-E. And you can follow right along. All right, Doug. Your Church, the Pope, and World Government. That sounds like a weird title. Your Church and yeah. the Pope. Does mm-hmm. your
1: church and the Pope have anything in common, any connections? My church doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Some people's churches may. My church does not have anything in common with, uh, with the Pope. I mean,
0: well the pope and world government is mm-hmm. a lot easier I think for people to connect. Yeah. He makes speeches like we said earlier that uh sound a lot like what Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum is saying. Yeah. That's an easier connection for a lot of people, but the church, your church and the pope part may not be. Now we know was it 2009 or is it that far back when Kenneth Copeland and many other religious leaders We're bringing the Pope into their conferences on, um, you know, through uh, Skype or however Zoom or
1: whatever they used. It was 2015, actually. Okay, I was Uh, way way early. It it was um, around the time that they were celebrating uh, the um, anniversary of uh, Martin Luther and his um, theses that he hung on the Catholic. I'm trying to think of the word now. I can't remember. Uh, but yes, that's what they were talking about. The The, the Protestant movement out of the Catholic Church is uh, is basically what they were doing. And they, at that time, the Catholic Church was doing a very big move to bring the Protestants back into the fold of the Catholic Church is what you're referring to. And Kenneth Copeland had a meeting with uh, several of his um, ministers uh, within his faith and they had a um, a Roman Catholic bishop named Tony Palmer, who at the time w- they were calling the bridge builder. And Tony Palmer had come in and he was trying to bridge the gap between the Protestant churches that broke off of the Catholic church. And he was saying, uh, if we believe the same thing now, which we're saying the Catholic church accepts what you know the Protestant churches believe about, Uh, We're we're saved by faith. And he said alone, you know, we're saved by faith alone. And so now that they line up, they can all come back home to the mother church. And these pastors all made a proclamation back to the Pope at the time, and this is all on YouTube. People can look it up and see it happen, uh, but they made a proclamation to Pope Francis that they would come back under the umbrella of the Catholic Church and there was a huge movement at that time whenever um, this was going on and um, and then one of the other things that happened were other faith leaders began to step in, so we had uh, people like joe olstein um, the pastor out in California, I can't think of his name right now, that wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. He was one of them. Uh, and there were several that joined in and went to the Vatican that year, visited with the Pope, and signed this proclamation over saying that our church is going to line up with what the Roman Catholic Church believes now. And so that's that's what we're referring to there when we say, does your church line up with what the Pope says? Uh, There were many churches that didn't, but they even had a big ceremony, I believe in Worms, Germany, uh, where they planted 500 trees together as a uh, symbolic way of saying that uh, we are are going to stand in unison with the Catholic Church. And these trees were for the remembrance of that oath that they made back to the Catholic Church. So, So that's what we're referring to when we say that today. But this article that we have today is very interesting because he talks about many different things and the things that he talks about in this article with these faith leaders is he moves uh... back toward bringing in the other uh... religious beliefs it's not just now we're not just talking about catholics and protestants events we're talking about faiths of all nations and remember last week We did a program where we talked about how they were saying that the Pope was the main motivator for peace in this movement. And then we saw where they're making a peace tree. So they made this statue. Uh, They've dedicated the statue to peace uh, for all nations. And then also they had a garden where they put a tree of life. This is the same uh, situation. This is where the Pope made this uh, speech. And uh, and that's why we wanted to revisit this this week. Last week we kind of talked about the structure that was outside and inside. The Pope hadn't made his declaration yet. Now we have uh, exactly what the Pope said. And it actually comes from a Catholic uh, news source. And so that's what makes this very interesting because it comes straight from them. And it says things that, as I'm reading it today, Vince, I'm looking at it and going, do they even realize what they're saying here? And so uh, very interesting, and and we want to take folks through this so we can help them understand what we're talking about. Absolutely, and it's from the uh,
0: website called wherepeteris.com and written by uh, Mike Lewis, who is the uh, editor of Where Peter Is and co-host of Field Hospital, which is a U.S. Catholic podcast. And so... He knows a thing or two about Catholicism, to say the least. Yes, sir. Um, But the article says the primary reason for Pope Francis' trip to Kazakhstan this week was to attend the Congress of the Leaders of World and Traditional Religions. During his address on Wednesday, September 14, the Pope spoke forcefully about the principle of religious freedom, calling it an essential condition for genuinely human and integral development. He called for true religious freedom, defending each person's right to witness for their beliefs, but without imposing it on others. He said religious freedom is a basic, primary, and inalienable right needing to be promoted everywhere, one that may not be restricted merely to freedom of worship. Each person has the right to render public testimony to his or her own creed, proposing it without ever imposing it. This is the correct method of preaching as opposed to proselytism and
1: indoctrination from which all are called to step back. Yes yeah, so he's so he's saying in this speech that we proselytizing is no longer something that we need to be doing. No one needs to be doing this is basically what he's saying. But it it goes in direct conflict with what Jesus told us. And so I put some scripture there because I wanted everybody to see. A lot of times we just go to Matthew when we're looking at uh, the Great Commission, but it's, it's in the Gospels. So we've got Matthew, we've got Mark, and we've got Luke. And, and all this is the same, just given from a different perspective of a different person writing it. And it seems to me, Vince, that the teachings of Jesus Christ himself, because all these scriptures that I use here today, Jesus gave these, and they were straight from him, and they're in direct contradiction with what the Pope is saying here. So the the first one uh, we can swap out reading these if you want, but Matthew twenty eight nineteen, you know, it's one of the ones that people use the most. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Jesus' words was to go and teach all nations. Now we've got the Pope saying, you can believe what you want to, but kind of let everybody else believe what they want to. So then we have another example there. in Mark, you want to read that one?
0: Yeah, Mark 16, starting in 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth
1: and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Yeah, so pretty straightforward there what Jesus is saying. Same thing that Matthew is saying. And he's saying teach this gospel or preach this gospel to every creature, to everyone. Uh, I mean, could
0: could the argument be made that You know, the Pope is saying not to impose this on people, um, don't indoctrinate them, but, you know, share a testimony instead and leave it at that. Like, is that essentially what you take as him saying, or is it more than that?
1: There are places, Vince, where, you know, just like I do, that, you know, you can't talk to anybody about your faith. It's called proselytizing. Right. And they say, don't do it in this country, or we'll kick you out and take away your visa. Don't
0: do it in this workplace.
1: Right. So I I think it's pretty clear what he's saying is we need to uh, go along with what these edicts are of the world government and not push your ideology or your belief system on somebody else. Uh, He says that you can give your testimony if you want to, but don't try to tell somebody else that there's only one way to get there. This is something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, You know, they've been teaching this for quite a while. We talked about this last week, and I'll just kind of touch on it again. But remember uh, Gorbachev, who died a couple weeks ago, his book, Perestroika, when he was writing about what it's going to take to put a world government together, said that the three root causes of war are political conflicts, religious conflicts, and economic conflicts. And he said we needed a, a one world order and a global religious system, and a global economy. He wrote that in his book uh, years before we really started hearing about the New World Order. And so... Do you know when that Perestroika
0: book was written?
1: I can't remember off the top of my head. I bet you can search it real quick and you can tell me. (laughs) But but this is... 1988. 1988. So before the Berlin Wall came down, he wrote this book. And so... we started hearing about new world order after the berlin wall came down that's one of the things that we refer to um and you know one of the trumpets is that we believe that that fourth trumpet was pertaining to uh the events around that happening that that's when the world started kicking into high gear and we started watching the prophetic clock really begin to tick away and so um he wrote that before the Berlin Wall came down. So he was already saying, look, these are the things that are holding us back from world government. And he began to implement those things. And now that's what we hear all the time. And so uh, they've taken a page out of uh, this book, Perestroika, and began to really put, uh, I guess, teeth behind it, maybe. We've heard that comment come from the Pope before. True. And then we even heard Prince Charles say... Uh, you know a few months ago that we needed a military backed force that could push these these beliefs of the World Economic Forum and the Green New Deal and all these things that we 're going to hear about in this article. We needed a, a military force that could really uh, enforce these things, so we 're watching that world government become. Uh, stronger day by day, and we're watching the most recognized religious figures say he's on board with this stuff. So it's it's interesting.
0: So Perestroika by Mikhail Gorbachev was written over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And here we are fast forward to in the last couple of weeks, or maybe even last week, Pope Francis offers four challenges to the religious leaders in attendance at this event that we're talking about. He says the pandemic between vulnerability and responsibility. This is, uh, do you you know what these four challenges are about, Doug?
1: Well, they're they're basically about pushing the agenda of the one world order. And so. So he's
0: saying these challenges are what, as religious leaders, we need to be looking at.
1: Right. We need to be uh, forcing these kind of ideals out. So uh, like the first one, the challenge of peace. I mean, it's pretty self-exploit. The p- pandemic is the first one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to that. Yes, the <laughs> pandemic. Go ahead.
0: Between vulnerability and responsibility. And he's saying that that we aren't sufficient on our own and that we need, uh, to, we need each other and we need to respond to challenges together. And he called for religious leaders to be at the forefront of promoting this unity. Right. Which it's like, you know, I don't necessarily disagree uh, with the point that we shouldn't be Isolated, Mm -hmm. but of course he's saying this in the context of, regardless of what your religious belief is, right? um, Regardless of whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus, if you're Hindu, I mean, is this accurate? Hindu, um, Buddhist, Islamist, Christian—doesn't matter what you are. We need to be in unity with how we handle coming pandemics.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when you think about what happened in 2020. Who was pushing back against that system the most? It was religious leaders who were continuing to have church. I mean, how many times did we see, like, uh, the the pastor over in Louisiana, Mm -hmm. he was arrested several times because they ordered that we stop having church, and he continued to take his bus out, pick people up, and bring them into his congregation and have church. So what the pope is saying here is as faith leaders— We need to be on board with whatever the world plans and whatever they say the the deal is, what we need to go along with. When they say it, we as faith leaders need to promote that as well. Well, that's
0: one of the four challenges. Mm -hmm. And then there are a bunch of points that we're not going to cover entirely today. But he's saying there's this declaration list that we all need to be on the same page on. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that after the break and also to your calls. You can join us, too. Uh, Give us a call at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463.
2: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: Welcome back to Into the Age, Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Your church, the Pope, and world government. What do these three things have in common? Well, it kind of depends on the church that you go to and what you believe. And so we're talking about how the Pope is connected to world government and how the Pope is potentially connected to your church and how all three are getting mingled together. And a lot of what the Pope is saying these days sounds a lot like it was prepared by the same writers that Uh, Right, Klaus Schwab speeches and the World World Economic Forum articles and so forth. So it's really interesting to see how things are developing because we know what the Bible says that's coming with the world government and the world religion being hand in hand just before Jesus comes back. And when the religious leader of the world, the Pope, gets up and and makes speeches that align with world government, well, we start scratching our head going, this is kind of sounding like what the Bible said would come just before jesus does and so we talk about politics and religion doug we've been doing this for over 30 years at least in time as an organization has absolutely and so we're going to keep doing that because we believe it's important that people know the truth above all else and so we're committed to doing that yes sir so here we go here Here we go the pope issued four challenges to religious leaders in this um, gathering that was held Mm -hmm. the first one was that we all need to be eye to eye on the pandemic and and how we handle these things, our vulnerability of it and responsibility of it. The next one is the challenge
1: I'll tell you of- what, while we're doing this, if they'll show the pictures of this meeting, because I, I want everybody to see how this, these pictures actually, everything kind of looks like when you see the WEF background... It's always blue and white, and, and it has a certain look to it. And hey, Doug, see you the, better be
0: careful because our background's blue I, and white.
1: I know that's right. <laughs> and, and when you see the U.N., uh, they have similar backgrounds. So just interesting backgrounds. If we can play that while you're reading these next points. So these are pictures from uh, that meeting. They're sitting at a big round table, all these religious leaders, and then the pope, uh, he phoned in or Skyped in, and, and he's there on the screen. And so, anyway, it's just interesting to look at this big thing, this big round table where all these uh, religious leaders are sitting around this table, and it's like a huge council. Uh, It
0: is huge, and it does look exactly like the WEF and United Nations stuff. Yeah. Now, the next one was the challenge of peace, Doug. Right. What's that about?
1: Well, I mean, of course, that's one of the things that the Bible tells us, too, that when uh, when they're saying peace and safety, that's when destruction comes suddenly. And so we see this word peace a lot. And remember, Pope Francis was like the patriarch of peace, according to the article that we talked about last week. Uh, so as he's pushing this through, he's talking about uh, war and hostility toward one another, uh, nations like uh, what's going on right now with Russia and the Ukraine and uh they even said that one of the Russian patriarchs there kind of spoke like he was in support of what Russia was doing in Ukraine. And the Pope kind of uh, said some some derogatory remarks about that, about uh, we don't need to align ourselves up with those things. We need to be preaching peace more than justifying uh, violent acts toward other groups, whether it be ethnic groups or religious groups or whatever the case may be.
0: All right. The next one is fraternal acceptance. Well, that's a term you and I don't use normally when we're having a conversation around the coffee pot in the morning.
1: Yeah. I I don't think we've ever had that (laughs) until today. We had a conversation about it earlier when we were uh, talking about this article. And so we wanted to help everybody kind of understand what we believe they're talking about there based on what uh, the description of it is. So. Go ahead and, and give me your take on it, Vince. And well, it's
0: a bunch of these religious leaders, and he gets up and says, we need to be on the same page about fraternal acceptance. And he basically calls on the, the the people that are there to remind the world of the sacredness of every human life and to make it personal, saying, let us learn also to be ashamed. Yes, to experience a healthy shame born of compassion for those who suffer sympathy and concern for their condition and for their fate, which we realize that we too share. This is the path of compassion, which makes us better human beings and better believers. It is up to us not only to affirm the invoilable dignity of each human being, um, but also to teach how
1: to weep for others. No, what's so bad about that? Okay, so it sounds really great. Yeah. But then the next thing that he goes into after that is talking about our common home being the earth. So one of the things <laughs> okay. that the that the pope is is kind of pushing here is the green new deal Uh, and and the things that we're talking about with the the Paris Climate Agreement and things like that, the Pope is very much in line with that. He's spoken to the WEF about it. He's talked about how we can't really govern ourselves as sovereign nations. We need to submit to these global uh, unions like the uh, UN and like the EU, and we need to submit to what they say about uh, the Green Earth Deals and he's even made a, a a paper he wrote a paper like an encyclical type of paper i can't remember right now off the top of my head what it's called but it's a 7 year plan to get us uh in this green order where we're taking care of mother earth and a lot of people have even uh insinuated that that could be the the 7 year peace deal that daniel's talking about uh we don't believe that here and we don't we don't stand by that because we see it as Uh, It's the confirmation of the covenant which would be an Abrahamic covenant of Israel's right to exist in her land and it will be between the Palestinians and the Israelis. But he's made this paper like it's a seven-year deal toward this peace initiative with a uh, more peaceful, greener planet with us uh, slowing down our emissions and, uh, and turning back to Mother Earth and taking care of Mother Earth. Uh, We shared a scripture the other day out of Romans that said uh, that there would come a time in the future where uh, men would no longer worship the creator, but they would worship the creation itself. And so this is, once again, this is that globalistic thinking. And even what he was saying before that about the fraternal care for one another, I believe that he's also talking about socialism there. He's talking about the richer countries giving to the poorer countries and making everybody even. And that's one of the things that, you know, the WEF uh, pushes all the time. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Everybody will have the same uh, status um, equivalency all around the world. So, yeah. (laughs) What if your pastor starts preaching
0: this? How do you respond to that?
1: Well, if my church was preaching this and, and falling into these doctrines for this one world order, I would have to leave the church. I mean, I, w- I would have to, I would hit the door running, I think, because, I mean, the problem is with it right now is we're watching so many different things happen. Uh, we're watching churches have drag shows in their churches and things like that. in in order to uh, be more accepting to other people's beliefs and things like that. So we're watching this kind of stuff happen. And if you're in a church that's, that's teaching this type of uh, logic, then they're a worldly church. They're not following the word of God. And and the Lord tells us to, to be separate and come out of the world and not be uh, worldly, but to seek God and his kingdom first. So if we're going to be doing what we're supposed to do and we're sitting in a church and they're preaching this globalism and this one world order, uh, I would suggest that you find you a church that's teaching the truth and get out of that one.
0: Will churches that are teaching this, will they be warred against? Like what we were talking about earlier, the, the
1: scriptures say that the saints will be warred against? No, those churches are going to fall in line, Vince, and, and I would I would even uh, you know venture to say that they are going to... Uh, Run toward the mark of the beast and and you know this article even touches on that uh, where the where the pope actually promotes like a digital currency and and, and making it available for all people all over the world, so he 's talking about everything that 's in revelation chapter thirteen it 's very Very interesting at how much this article actually tells us. And if you understand Bible prophecy, then you can see what's happening right here as he's laying these points out. It's interesting.
0: It's some interesting stuff, Doug. Some things to think and pray about, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, So keep an eye on it. There's a lot more that we can talk about here, but we've made our callers wait long enough, so we better get to the phones now. Let's go to Tony in Tennessee. Tony, welcome to End of the Age.
4: Hi, how are you? We're well. How are you, Tony? I'm doing fine. Good. Uh, I love the platform that you all have with the show. Uh, I kind of share as much as I can.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate that.
4: Uh, I wasn't really having a question. I just wanted to make a comment that uh, I was telling the girl that an answered that I'm more or less a watcher on the wall, and I see all these things happening around the world. Especially with what the Pope did this past week, in, uh, accepting and accepting Chrysalm and making it the one world religion. Of course, I've I've seen that coming for probably a decade or so from Rick Warren, but um, it, it, it's just mind blowing that people can't see the prophecy unfolding right in front of us and you know try to seek Jesus for everything that they're worth. Mm-hmm. yeah you i mean you're
1: making a great point there and i mean it is something that's right there in front of us but you know it all goes back really uh tony when when we look at it it's it's because of lack of knowledge uh, you know the lord said that my people perish for lack of knowledge and and that's What's wrong, I think, a lot today is that we're not actually picking up our Bibles and getting into the Word of God the way that we should as a society. We're not teaching our children anymore. Uh, We're not um, taking our kids to church anymore. And, uh, you know, we've taken God out of everything that has to do uh, with government and so and then we just stopped taking our kids to church too and we stopped reading the word ourselves too. But if people pick up the word of God and begin to read, they would see these things play out and they would begin to understand it as well. And and you're right about that uh, uh I mean, I know that's a term that a lot of people use nowadays, uh, but the, uh, the other person that formulated this document uh, with the pope, he is actually a... Um, a Muslim uh, leader, and his name is, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, but Al-Azhar al-Sharif. Uh, and and this is something that the, this article says that has been adopted by the UN General Assembly, and it has a resolution uh, number that came up uh, in December 21 of 2020. And so it is a document that was signed, sealed, and delivered by these uh, religious leaders and turned into the U.N. General Assembly. It was also adopted in Mecca in 2019. Very important there because we know Mecca is the most holy site for Islam. Yeah. And so that that's a very uh, important uh, display of unity between the Roman Catholic Church and, uh, and the Muslim faith. So you make a great point, Tony. This is a, a step where we're moving closer um, to the end time, and, and it's time for folks to begin to wake up and really get into the Word of God.
0: Tony, were yeah. you wondering something about post tribulation as well?
4: Uh, well, at one time, I thought that your program was preaching a pre-trib rapture. I'm a post-tribulation pre-trib or post-trib pre-rapture uh, Christian.
0: Well, that's what we uh, are, and whatever we said to confuse it. We must have been doing a really bad job. that Because <laughs> <guess> so. <laughs> that it, it, w- it
4: might have been somebody that you had on the program. I'm not sure, but it, it, I'm glad that there's people out there that are preaching it. I don't see too many preachers uh, on the Internet, uh, but I know there's preachers out there that do preach it.
0: Thank you for your call, Tony. I've got to cut you off. We're going up against commercial here. We actually have a video called When Will the Rapture Happen on End of the Age Plus, watch.endtime.com. Mm-hmm. Go check it out to learn more about when the rapture happens.
5: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1 800 End Time to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one time partner.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince DeGall here with Doug Norvell. We're talking about your church, the Pope, and world government, and we've been connecting all of them. You know, uh, for. Well over 30 years at this point, End Time Ministries is talking about the two things that you're not supposed to, which is politics and religion. And the further along time has come, the more and more less popular, talking about those two things at the same time uh, is accepted. It's not politically correct now to talk about these things. And it's hard not to because the Bible um, really guides us down that path as we look at the times just before the second coming of Jesus And uh, we want to know what we should do in these times. So we study this stuff and look at the headlines. And it's very clear when stories come out that align with Bible prophecy. And so that's what we're talking about today. Trying to help make connections to those three uh, things that we've been discussing. So we are taking your calls. We have limited availability there. The number to join us is 877 N Time 877 363 8463. We're going to go to Mary in Texas. Mary, welcome to End of the Age. Mary, are you there? Yes, sir. Welcome to you the did. show. You're you're live. Yes, I'm
6: listening to your station, sir, and uh I have three scriptures I'd like to read out right quick. And what he was saying about the Pope, let me say this first. I listened to the gentleman, and like he said, it's right on the nose of our people's faces if they just study. Um,
0: well, Mary, we I mean, are a little short on time. If you could just reference those scriptures and then kind of um, ask your okay. question, then we'll do our best to cover it.
6: Okay. Um, and also, I'm a mid I'm not a pre or a post. John twelve twenty five that he who loves his life shall lose his life.
0: Okay. And he
6: he who shall wants to keep wait. And he who wants to keep his life will lose his life. Mm-hmm. That he who hates his life in this world shall keep it into eternal life. Then we go back over to what you were reading in Daniel seven twenty five. And me reading John, let me explain that right quick, sir. That means the bottom line is we have to be ready to lay our life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the way that, that's what that scripture is basically saying. 725, and he shall speak great words against the most high and wear out the saints. And things that take and change times and laws, which is times, times and a half, three and a half years. Three and a half is a lot through the Bible. Okay? Yes, that Pope. As far as I'm concerned, he is the last pope, because look what he's talking. He's lining right up. And this next one, over in 13, it also says, 7, Revelation 13, 7, and, he, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints to overcome him. Mm-hmm. Who's given it to him? The Lord has given it to me. He's allowing it. If you remember, the early church went through persecution. So we're no different. We got to go through too. This is what the whole thing is this pre-trip. And the last one is the 18th chapter, the uh, 17th chapter of the Great Whore. The Antichrist needs religion to bring the people in. That guy, Schwartz, he can't bring them in. He's only bringing a certain kind of people. Okay, so now we need, he needs religion to rally up the people. He's only going to use the Pope to bring them in, and then he's going to get rid of them.
1: Absolutely. yes, and ma'am. that's my
6: state.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. So you're, you're just keep on keeping. You're doing a good mm-hmm. job. That's exactly what yes. we believe, and we use those scriptures you referenced all the time. So we, we appreciate your call today. Thank you, Mary. Thank God bless you. you, Mary. All right, let's go
0: to Joe in New York. Joe, welcome to End of the Age.
7: My brothers, again, you look terrific. God bless you. It's good to look at you. How are you feeling today?
1: Fantastic. Pretty I good. Feel great.
7: Okay, show me one place. I'm going to rattle some cages, guys. <laughs> Uh-oh. Show me one, one place where Jesus said to people to go out and start a religion. Yeah. Show me one place. Any religion, any kind of religion. No, he told his disciples to go out into the world and tell them of me, period. Right. Period. And I know, and I've talked with religious people, that that they blanket themselves in whatever the priest says, whatever the pope says. They are deceived. We know who's behind the, deceives, the deception. We know that that's Satan at work. So my word to the people is to draw close to the Lord Jesus. Be in the scriptures. Absolutely. There's nothing that can take a place. There may come a time where all churches are burnt down to the ground. Then what do you do? Then what do you do if there's no church to go to? You be the church wherever you are. Get together in people's houses. Whatever you have to do to come together and worship in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what it's about. It's not do's and don'ts. This lunatic in the Vatican has no idea what he's doing. He's totally deceived. And anyone that buys into him is being deceived, being led down the wrong path.
1: Come on, Joe. Preach now.
7: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the truth of the Word of God. We have to be in the Word. We have to love everybody. But I recently had a run-in with a Jehovah's Witness. I had to tell him, usually I'm very polite. He got me in a bad mood, and I had to tell him he's going to hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, you are rattling <laughs> our cages the today, Joe. You saying,
7: yeah. You see, he came across me, and I've been studying for forty-four years. Yeah. I've studied the history of Catholicism. If people did, if people studied the history of Roman Catholicism, your head would spin. Yes, There's sir. There's so much vileness in the background yeah. and evil. It's unbelievable. It's mind blowing. Yes, sir. So I, I don't know, like we said and we've talked before, we don't know if this guy is going to live long enough, but it's going to be someone who is in the office of Pope when it all comes together. And we're seeing the pieces come together faster and faster, man. <laughs> yes, sir. God we bless are. you. I love you guys. Have a terrific day.
0: Thank you, Joe. God bless you, Joe. Let's go to Paul in Mississippi. Paul, welcome to End of the Age.
7: Good your brother. and
8: How you all doing?
0: We're well. How are you?
8: I, I I just want to say I want to commend y'all for continuing on. I've been listening to you times since I was a little boy,
1: so I've got a lot of good teaching over the years.
4: All right.
1: Well, thank you for listening to that long, Paul. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. But uh, this
8: this is the point I want to get to right quick. Uh, as a pastor, I just want you know y'all give me some pointers on how to continue to preach and teach the gospel you know, being being saved and filled with the spirit and all that, that's a great things to teach people. preach, but we also need to uh uh remind the people to watch and pray. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the the one world government is sweeping the world and he's sweeping the church and breaking that speed. And and it's gonna come a day where they're gonna ask you, sir, your right hand on your forehead. Right. And we're pl- people playing around and think it's a joke or whatever, but one day they're gonna come to a rude awakening and it's not gonna be pretty. So how is we as pastors that's really preaching the gospel, really trying to live the truth, to continue to encourage the people to stand for what's right. Because, you know, it's, just, it's a terrible thing if you ever turn your back on God and his people. Because, you know, as we as leaders, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be judged even more extremely than anybody else. What y'all think?
1: Well, I totally agree. I'm I'm sure Vince does too. I I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, we are going to be judged uh you know, even more so than than regular folks, because we're we're leading people and we're the ones that are trying to teach them. My pastor made a great point last night. One of the things he said was uh, we need to start having war on the floor. And of course, he's talking about prayer and we need to get in our prayer rooms. And that's where our our war needs to be. We need to go in those prayer rooms and make them war rooms, because we know that we're fighting against a spiritual enemy. It's You know, the Bible tells us that we're not warring against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities. And so we've got to get in those prayer rooms and get our people in those prayer rooms too uh, because the more unity we have in those prayer rooms, you look at what the Holy Ghost did when the disciples were in one accord and they were in the upper room and they were praying. And the times that they would do that, there were times, even after they were initially filled with the Holy Ghost, that they came together and they were in one accord praying and the Holy Ghost swept back in filled them all up again and shook the pillars of the building so you think about how much power is in prayer and what we need to do man i feel the holy ghost right now Vince. but what we need to do as as uh the church is we have got to begin to teach the truth to everybody and get outside the walls of that church, get in our communities, and begin to help people. The opposite of what the Pope is telling us to do, we need to be doing. We need to be out there, and we need to be proselytizing. We need to be speaking truth into people in our communities and pulling people in our churches. But the main thing we need to be doing as a group of believers is, is hitting that prayer room and praying.
8: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I truly agree. It's very vital. Because that's why Jesus warned us that in the last t- days and times, a deception was going to run so rampant, not just in the world, but unfortunately in the church also. So, you don't want to be deceived. Even a little child doesn't like to be tricked. You know what I mean? Yes, That's sir.
1: Right. Yes, sir. Well, Paul, thank you. We appreciate your call today. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. You know, Doug,
0: I'm sitting here thinking about Paul's comments and questions. And, um, you know, it seems to me that there are probably good leaders who pray Mm -hmm. and study the Bible who are going down this path. And so I certainly agree with everything that you said. At the same time, I'm going, I don't know how to talk about those people that are praying and studying the Bible and still fall to this. And I think, you know, I I don't know exactly what it is, but some of it might be that um, we aren't seeking first the kingdom of God. Yeah, you know we might put other things ahead of that, whether it be, you know, the world agenda. Yeah, fitting in with the group of licensed ministers in your organization or whatever it may be. Yeah, you know, making sure that you know you're trying to do everything that's cordial to your group. You know, whatever that is. And so it's right. like I don't know what what leads these leaders down these paths when there are, I'm sure, many that are
1: praying and studying the Word of God. So I don't I don't know what to say about those. Well, I know what some people would say, that uh, some of these churches receive money and receive tax cuts and things like that. That's a, what a lot of people like to talk about, is the churches that receive tax cuts and they're afraid to teach the truth because if they did say anything against the government, uh, then they would be... Uh, penalized because of it and they would lose money. But you know, Paul gave us uh he gave us a little bit of information, I believe, Vince, about some of the things that are going on in the world right now. He said that people would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the very thing that would make them like God. Yeah. And, and talking about the Holy Ghost. And and so there's a lot of people that deny that power of what what God told us that we we needed in he never even sent the disciples out, Vince, uh, until the power of the Holy Ghost came over them. They weren't fully equipped until they did that. And we've got people operating outside of the Spirit of God that are operating more in the flesh than they are in the Spirit. And I think if the church would get a hold of that truth uh, you know, of the Holy Ghost and, and be a Holy Ghost-filled church, that we wouldn't have leaders that didn't understand that we're praying and reading scripture and they didn't understand. I think uh if we are truly being led by the spirit, God makes all that simple and clear to us. But we've got to be thinking within the spiritual and not the physical. What about people that aren't pastors? How do regular disciples
0: mm-hmm. react to this kind of stuff?
1: Well, they need, it's the same. I mean, we, we're all disciples. We're, we're all preaching something. And, and we, so it's the same with just the, everybody that's called of God needs to be filled with the Spirit and be seeking the truth of God's Word. Absolutely. We'll see you guys here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time.
5: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries.